Warning, self-control does not share the same views of the influencers that you see on wrestling Twitter. The comments and opinions you will hear in this episode will make you feel some kind of way. Accordingly, the umbrella must insist that you know from jump that we do not care. We at self-control must insist that you listen and make your own opinions and do not attempt to contact us on that bullshit. We will read them and laugh at you in our group chat or pre-production meetings on the phone, accordingly. All right, unless, y'all, unless y'all thought I was forget self-control podcast, they are the new death row. Let that not be understated enough. They're bringing it all together, bringing everybody together under the umbrella. For them to think that they could be in the same ring with me is, wow, you know that. Unbelievable. Is, don't put words in my mouth, man. I can handle myself out here, yeah, but I won't. No, is that a no, shoot? no, no. That's a shoot, brother. That is 1,000%, yeah, because the time has come. <clears throat> yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Microphone check one, two. What is this? The self control boys are back to business. Just, you know, just trying out things, just trying out things, ladies and gentlemen. He, him, she, her, they, them, y'all. Welcome to another edition to another episode of the self control podcast where the energy never dies and the energy never lies. I'm your boy, Nodge. I'm here with my boys, Lo and Rito. We cutting all the bullshit today. No grandiose intros, none of that. Because mm-hmm. right now, we getting straight to it. Listen, this man that we about to bring up to y'all, man, I can say so many things, but <laughs> it just, it, it, it wouldn't even suffice. But the year this man has had, the impact that he has made, you know, not just, you know, for me, for black wrestling Twitter and wrestling period. What he's been doing, man. This man has been doing it right now. The innovator of the Marcus Garvey driver. My man from Cleveland. Ladies and gentlemen, come to the control center. We got Mr. Shane Taylor. What's going on, boys? I appreciate y'all having me. Hey, man. Listen, man. I I wanted to do this interview since self-control started. <laughs> Yeah. Me and Lo, like me and Lo, we've always wanted to do this, and like, and we, I think we, we've all kind of like talked on Twitter, you know, in passing and everything, man. And um, mm-hmm. you've you've retweeted when we've dropped our shows and everything. We appreciate you for that, man. But we just we just had to have you on because you're so vital to what's going on right now, man. Like, in my opinion, like you're just you're just so vital to this movement and to what's going on to this renaissance, man. And it's just like. Why not? Why, like, we had to have you on here, so thank you so much. Oh, of course, man. And it's just, uh, it's it's an honor and, and, and it's humbling to be just one voice of so many. Uh, and we're in an era now of professional wrestling, of society and sports in general, where uh, our, our brothers and sisters understand that they have a voice. You don't have to just sit back and you know, take whatever bullshit you're given. You can say something, stand up for what you believe in. Uh, there's a risk that comes with that, right? You know, like, like I said, you know, leadership has a cost. Um, but for those willing to pay it, uh, you you not only help set the stage for yourself, but everybody coming after you. And even, and even those who are too scared to fight still benefit from the work that you do. So, you know, it, it's all upside for, for those who, you know, take the call. Yeah, man. Hey, Lo, you want to break it off first? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to inbound you first. Go ahead, bring it up the court, my homie. Appreciate you again for joining us tonight, Shane. Appreciate you, Nod. Um, Just real quick, brother, I, I definitely want to talk about, uh, for me, right, and just for all intents and purposes, it's one of the things I say on the show uh, before I go into a question or statement. Um, the Midwest wrestling scene and movement, um, as you was telling us, you know what I mean? You, you come from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and can you give us just some early stories, right? Just when you first got into wrestling out there in Cleveland, it's one of my favorite cities in America. I love, I love black people from Cleveland. I love black people from Ohio. Um, but I'm just, no, I noticed that in all sectors and all spaces, like the Midwest scene is a scene in like wrestling, hip hop. Um, art, 
where a mm-hmm. lot of individuals, a lot of artists, a lot of groups um, stand out. But in your particular um, avenue and in your particular line of work, what was that like starting out in Cleveland for you in this thing we call professional wrestling? Um, it, it's funny because I, I, I don't know what to compare it to in order to say, like, maybe what made it different. But I know when I got in, there was essentially two sides of Cleveland. There was um, AIW was the big company at the time. I believe they're still doing stuff. Um, But whatever governing bodies they had, the people who worked together had split. And it became AIW and a group called Firestorm. That's when I came in. Um, and I was on the Firestorm side, um, JC, Ray Rowe, um, Michael Hutter, EC3, that's who that is. Um, and other guys, I came in, was training under Ray, Ray Rowe. I came in on that side of things. And of course you had, you know, the company above everybody, which was Cleveland all pro wrestling at the time, who was ran by. JAT Lightning, who has since passed away. Um, so for me, it was essentially just, it was almost just like going back to playing college ball, right? It was like, yo, this is this is our team. This is our rival. Everything we do is in preparation to make the team better. But if it comes to them, we definitely got to bust their ass. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, yeah, for me, like, and, and me being who I am, once I, I'm a loyal dude, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is if I rock with you, we we, we go all the way, you know. So, um, being able to come into that group of people, that group of talent, see just how great they are, travel with travel with them, um is incredible but the midwest scene wasn't popping then like it is now like back then it was more east coast west coast um there's some stuff in florida uh but those were really like the three spots but now you've got the northeast going you've got florida still texas is heating up cali's still doing its thing and now the midwest you're finding all of these talents sort of converging and you're getting some of the very best talent out there you got guys like Suge D, Darius Lockhart, Trish Dora, Calvin Tankman, you know what I mean? Like we could sit there Jordan Blade, like you could sit there and go up and down the list of incredible talent both men and women who are just absolutely crushing it. And it's good to see because to me wrestling is blue collar. Wrestling is the Midwest, right? You wake up every day, put your boots on, you go to fucking work. You know what I mean, sorry for cussing if this is PG, but like <laughs> it's uh, it, it's like that's what embodies the sport. That's what you know. Being from Cleveland, that's that's what I'm used to. Uh, so it's good to see that sort of mindset and that sort of uh, this th- that area get the shine that it truly deserves. Absolutely. I wanted to ask this, man. Um, so with Shane Taylor Promotions, like. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like the, the BG song, you know. Is the army better yet a navy? You mm-hmm. know, when you when you're building this, what do you look for when you're you know when you're adding to Shane Taylor Promotions? You know, what what is it that Shane is looking for? Um, loyalty, passion, drive, commitment, um, and the ability to understand that when you make a choice, when you choose to stand on something, when you choose to stand for what you believe in, you are going to receive backlash for that. Understanding that you may lose opportunities, you may lose out on bookings, you may lose some money because you chose to represent a certain way of thinking, a certain culture, a certain way of doing things that doesn't mesh with how political and how biased wrestling can be at times. Um, I look for soldiers who are people who are ready 
to stand with me, fight with me, no matter the circumstance, um, because I would do the same for them. And of all the guys that I have in STP right now, you're talking Ron Hunt, Khan, Moses, O'Shea, Edwards. When I sat down and talked with every single one of those dudes individually, one of the first things that came out their mouth without talking to anybody else, this is just me and them, was I hate the way we're represented in the, in the, in the sport, and I want to change that. Whatever I have to do to be able to change that and create a new way of thinking about us and what we can do and who we are, that's what I want to do. And that's all I needed to hear because once you have that synergy on a team, people ask why, you know, Man, when you guys are in, you guys are in there. You have so you, the the chemistry is so great, and, and it, it's different from anybody else because we're that close, and because we are all thinking the same way. This is it, it's no different than a sports team. Like we are united for one common goal. It doesn't matter if we're all in the same company. It doesn't matter if we're all in the same place at the same time. We're all still striving towards the same goal. But when we do all show up together. You have a fucking problem because there's nothing anybody's going to be able to do with us. Every single guy, top to bottom, can be a main eventer. Everybody has the in-ring skill, the mic skill. We can talk it. We can walk it. We can do everything you need us to do and then some. That's the problem that some people have with us is because not only are we good, not only are we young, brash, arrogant, black men talking shit, but we know we're good. <laughs> you know what I mean? We know we're good. You know what I mean? So you have the added then, so, so you have that feeling then people want to go, well, we're going to put you in your place. Bitch, you ain't doing shit with us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but sitting back, enjoying this ride, and hearing us tell you we told you so. Yeah, man, that is dope. Um, Like, I remember, like, like when... Um, O'Shea started doing like the, the little vignettes, the little videos, and mm. I was like, oh snap, like this is gonna be crazy. Like, I remember like the first video where he got the letter mm. um, from you and everything. It's just like, and I just remember thinking, like, is it gonna happen? Like, is he really gonna join up with him? And then, mm. like, when it finally happened with the, with the jersey and everything, when you, was, you came with the, with the clap and everything, I was like, oh snap. <laughs> it's, it's like the uh, the beginning of that Migos song, You Niggas in Trouble. Like, right. like, <laughs> like right. that is so crazy. And plus, like, I wanted to ask you this one too, like, because I know I, we never, I, I, well, for me, I don't think we ever, we saw it yet or has it been coming to fruition yet or we don't know, I don't know. But uh, mm. with Trisha Dora, because it kind of looked like it, it felt like a tease in one mm. in one of those videos, you know, where y'all kind of reached out to her. Um, is, is there a chance that she could join um, STP? There's there's always a chance, you know, with with ROH going on hiatus. That's a thing that put a big wrench in plans. Um, but like I've told Trish, you know, her joining is completely up to her. We've got her back regardless, yes or no. We're still going to be there to to support her in anything that she needs. We're we're there for guidance. We're there for anything that she could possibly need. Um, she's an, an incredibly special talent, and I think the world is just starting to understand that. Um, and there's only bigger and brighter things in her future. Um, so for us, it's now seeing how things stack up. I have no idea whether STP is even going to be involved with this Ring of Honor relaunch. Pro probably not from the conversations that I have that I've had, uh, which is fine. You know what I mean? Um, but then we just sort of change gears, change strategy. Um, and I still want to be able to give people um, if we do bring in Trish, if that's something that she wants to do to tell that story, just like we did with O'Shea to have that recruitment, to have her, you know, weighing the options uh, and see how it shakes out. You know what I mean? Obviously, she'd be a, an incredible asset to the group. Um, and there's also plenty of other women who would be absolutely dope. You look at like Holiday or Nicole Savoy um, and you just look at people who are just absolutely crushing it in ring, who absolutely kill it on the mic, do whatever they want to do. Um, 
And, you know, it, it's not just a one woman thing. Like we want to bring multiple women into the group. This isn't a quota thing or just, you know what I mean? Like that's not how we get, get down. If whoever feels like they can roll with us, bring something to the group and can go out there and again, walk it like they talk it, you know, the, the doors are open for business. Definitely. Rita, what you got, homie? All right, Shane. Once again, welcome to the Control Center. Now, like like you touched on as far as representing, you know, who you are as a person and, you know, representing mm-hmm. the culture, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. a lot in who you looked up to with someone like Ron Simmons. Now, mm-hmm. my question is, you know, being as someone who's been like in the business long enough, has there ever been a moment where a promoter or anyone wanted to put you in a box and you stood your ground and you're like, nah, this is how it's going to happen. This is how it's going to do. And was there any pushback? Oh, all the time. <laughs> all the fucking time. Um, because wrestling, for as great as it is, wrestling as a sport, wrestling promoters, wrestling fans can be very lazy. Very lazy mentally. Um, very lazy as far as what they want for entertainment. And a lot of that has to do with this what have you done for me lately sort of culture we've cultivated in wrestling. This give it to me now, you know, you better surprise me every single week type fucking vibe. And I'm like, no, um, I understand the want of having everybody be able to look at somebody right away and figure it out and know who they are. But to me, there's something in exploring who somebody is, figuring out the small details on understanding what makes somebody tick, what makes them go, uh, having people be able to relate to something in that person. Um, and in order to do that, you've got to have depth. You, you've got to have um, co- complexity. You've got to have nuance because there's going to be something for everybody to relate to, to you about that won't all be the same thing. Um, so it's very important to me when I talk to promoters, when I talk to these owners, when I talk to these people to be like, yo, this is who I am. Um, I'm not a caricature of black culture. I'm not going to go out there and shuck out and jive and tap dance for you. I'm not going to sit here. And even though my past is, is my past, I'm not going to talk about being a fucking gangster. I'm not going to talk about, you know, I'm not going to lessen how I speak to make myself sound less intelligent. I'm not going to change who I am to make myself be less aggressive to make anybody comfortable. If you're uncomfortable with me or you don't like what I'm saying or you don't like how I look, that's on you, not me. You figure out what's wrong with you that make you to make you feel that way and then come back to me. Um, and, and to me, that's just very important because it's all about authenticity. It's all about being who you really are. And that's what people are going to be drawn to. That's why people love STP so much, because they can look at their screen, hear us talk, meet us face to face and you get the exact same thing. Definitely, man, because when we. When like when I see STP, I feel like I'm being I've, like you said. Like I feel like I'm seeing one of my brothers, my cousins. Right. Like that's who I that's who I feel like. When I see I feel seen when I see STP. Mm-hmm. When I hear Shane Taylor talk his shit. When I hear Oshie Edwards talk his shit. When I see Khan and all those guys doing their thing, I feel seen. I feel heard. I feel felt. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that's very important. And you know, I, I thank y'all for that. And um. A person who, like, when I, whenever I've watched you wrestle, man, like, your storytelling in the matches, man, it, it, it just always pops to me. That's always, that's one of my favorite things about watching you wrestle. It's like listening to Scarface, you know, rap, you know, tell us, tell us a story or whatever. So when you're mm-hmm. doing your story, when you're in your matches with the storytelling, like, how does it all come together in your head, like, in, in the mindset, if I could ask that? I treat wrestling like a high school fight. All the pushing and shoving is great, but the crowd don't really go nuts till someone gets hit in the fucking face. You know what I'm saying? Then it's, oh, shit. You know what I mean? And then that's that's the vibe that I carry. Like, um, it's that east side Cleveland mentality. Like, bro, I'm going to sit here. We can sit here and jaw jack, and I can talk shit with the best of them. What are you really about to do, though? You know what I'm saying? And I like turning matches, turning stories into very personal things. I I like getting in the head of my opponent 
talking shit, forcing him to look inside of himself to see who he really is. You know what I mean? Are you really the dude that you say you are? Because I know who the fuck I am. Are you really willing to go where you think you are to stand here and fight me? I don't think you have it in you. You see what I'm saying? I don't think you're built like that. You see what I'm saying? Um, And that's what I carry into the ring. The trash talk, it's no different from, you know, my years of boxing or just fighting in the street. Like, I'm going to hit you. I'm going to talk shit. We're going to and we're going to dance. Whoever is left standing is the man. End of story. All the intricate holds and and locks and maneuvers all that shit is well and good if you're great at that fantastic i can do that too i would much rather just stand here toe to toe and trade hands and see who the man is though you know that's that's the style that i like um big fan of knockouts ko finishes love the fact that those are starting to be implemented back into wrestling um, when you look at guys like Chris Hero, you know what I mean? It's a guy that I, I've patterned a lot of stuff off of because being a combat sports fan, being a boxing fan, it, it, it's, it's weird that in wrestling, which is simulated combat, people don't understand, like, yo, fights can end in two seconds. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's, it's simply how it goes. I don't care what you marketed this fight to be, what it's supposed to be, how much you paid, da da da. Motherfuckers bought Tyson fights for decades, right? Right. Yeah. Motherfucker paid $50 for this pay per view. This is supposed to be the fight of the century. He knocks this dude out in 30 seconds. That, that's, it works like that sometimes. You know what I mean? A, uh, my mom has ordered a mini Tyson fights, having a party, and it is over as soon as it's, right. it's back to it's back to playing spades after that. Right, it, it, and it's like, yo, this is what, and this you bought it for the the build up. You bought it. You were you 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 were bought into the building. You you bought this fight to see a specific something that was to see him employ his art, knock somebody the fuck out. Okay, you got it in 30 seconds. Dope. Okay, you didn't have to wait. Now it's on to the next one. That's right. so like for me, that's how I look at the sport and like how, how I look at myself. And when you watch my matches, everything is game planned just like if this was a fight, right? I know my biggest strikes, uh, the things that I need to do to win. Welcome to the land, Garvey Driver. You know, all of those are set up by forearm shots, headbutts, knees to the head, face, neck. You know, there's a game plan. There's an accumulation of shots, you know, that leads to me putting my opponent down. All of it is calculated. Um, And that's what's so scary about me as a performer, as an athlete, as a fighter, is you think that, you know, me being bigger or me talking shit or me doing any of the things that I do must mean I'm not as smart or must mean I'm not as intelligent when actually the intelligence is why you fucked up. <laughs> you <know what> I <laughs> it, you like, stepping in here with me, you're, you already fucked up. You know what I mean? I've already got you. It, it's just a matter of time now before you get put to sleep. Yeah, and it's nice. just a matter of if you're going to do something or you're just going to stand there and bleed. Exactly. One of the hardest, one of the hardest lines in any movie, you're gonna do something, or you're just gonna stand there and bleed. Exactly. Great I reference. Ask, I wanted to ask you this, Shane, man. Um, how did you feel the year that you had last year? How did how did you feel? Like, what? How, if I could ask you in in review, was it a good year mm-hmm. for you? I think it was. Um, I think honestly, we were untouchable as a as a group, as individual performers, even though. We weren't the favorites, even though people didn't want to market us and promote us. When you look at how they fucking uh, talked about their pay-per-views, it was always the Foundation, Violence Unlimited, La Faction and Gobernable, the Briscoes, OGK, and many more. Like, we were always the afterthought. Always. You know what I mean? And it's just like, bro, every single time we go out here, the crowd is chanting STP every single time we go out here. You know, when we had fans, when we came out in Baltimore, they went absolutely nuts, you know, and it's funny how 
the rules always seem to change. The goalposts always seem to shift when it comes to us. You know what I mean? Like when the social media buzz started going crazy, then it then it was when that used to be the only measuring stick was is the social media buzz going that starts going oh well you know it can't just be social media now we've got to see what happens when the crowds come back okay fine crowds come back tell you the exact same thing that people are saying online well you know it's always another fucking thing right so you got to work twice as hard, man. And it's crazy. Always, always. But that that's the mindset that we adopted. That's the mindset we love, because once we achieve what we set out to achieve, we know we had to outwork you and do it twice as hard. We essentially had to run laps around your ass. And once we do that, there's nothing you can tell us. You know what I mean? Mm. You had every opportunity. They wanted you to win. They set you up to win. They gave you every possible advantage and you still lost. You see what I'm saying? So right. for us, that only then furthers our belief, our conviction that we are who we say we are. Hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you this before I throw, throw it to low again. Um, after the Kenny King match, which, oh my gosh, that Kenny King match was crazy. I, I showed homies like who don't even watch wrestling you know real homies who be on the block doing their thing i was like yo you gotta watch this i showed them the garvey driver through through the uh through the wedge got through the ladder and my mm-hmm. homie was like yo run that back <laughs> <laughs> he watched it like four times he was like yo you got to be a link to watch this whole match dog he was like i ain't watched wrestling since like oh nine i need to see this whole thing go down and i was like right. all right i got i got you um right. but going back after the match you know with you, Kenny, you know, Kenny King, all you guys, you know, in the ring, you know, mm-hmm. showing that representation. And um, and they cut to, uh, I don't know, I think they cut to something, uh, to somebody, you know, you know, a farewell thing or whatever. How CM did Punk. It, yeah, CM Punk. Like, how did that feel to you, you know, having that happen? You know, when it's such a moment like that in the ring and to be mm-hmm. shortchanged for CM Punk. Well, here's the thing. I didn't know that it wasn't shown until after. Like, because the people in the building saw it, so you're getting that reaction, right? So we're like, yo, dope. This is a moment that we wanted to show um, solidarity, unity. Thank thank the fans who've supported all of us, uh, not only STP, but Kenny, Berger, Eli, all the people who've been you know, just riding with us this whole time because it's been a team effort. Um, and I didn't know that that they had cut away to show that until after the show. Um, but for us, it was something, and this is not, it's not Punk's fault. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people, when we started talking about it, took it personally, like we were trying to shit on the company when that's not the case at all. The case was, this is something that, we wanted everybody at home to be able to see as well. Um, and it sucks be, because they didn't get to see it. And I feel like there's a lot of people not getting opportunities because of that. And there's sort of like, kind of like when the click did the curtain call, like people are getting punished. You know what I mean? For being a part of that. E- even though the moment went viral, even though it got fucking rave reviews and, and support, you know, uh, people still feel like, you know, somehow it was a negative. Um, but like that, that was an important moment for us because we wanted to be able to show that you can make it together. You can, that you don't need to cut your brother down at the knees in order to be successful. There's room for everybody. There's enough money. There's enough opportunity for everybody to be able to be successful. And if we can do it on this stage, and change this environment because when I got to ROH, you would have never seen something like that. Right. You see what I'm saying? You you wouldn't have seen the roundtables. You wouldn't have seen the appreciation for Black History Month. You you wouldn't have seen any of these things prior to the end of my run in R- ROH. But now you're at a point where you're getting these things, and it, it was very important. And one of the reasons that I stayed um, was because you know, I wanted to be able to change the environment, to help change the company for the better. Um, there were so many people who left 
or who didn't sign there because they thought it wasn't going to happen. It, it, it was never going to be a thing. It, it was always going to be one way. And my question was, if no one's here to fight for it, how does it change? Mm. Wow. See what I'm saying? Yeah, so definitely. Sometimes you have to be able to take that road and understand it's going to be harder than the next man's road. But that's when you get to the end of it, that's what's going to make that sunshine on your face feel that much warmer that, you know, you had to go through more bullshit to feel it. Um, and, and so I, I, I'm incredibly proud of that match of that moment. Um, whoever's misconstruing it to make it seem like somehow it's a negative that we wanted people to be able to see that at home. Um, sorry, you feel that way. Um, but it was important for us because it, it, it truly showed, uh, just how far we've come, not only as individuals, but as a company, as a collective. Um, and that, that was really the whole message of it. And just thanking our, our fans and our people and giving something, uh, for the culture to be proud of. Right. Low. Absolutely, man. Appreciate that. And it kind of brings me to <clears throat> a question I've been formulating as you've been talking, Shane. Um, it's not every day uh, on, on this podcast where we have uh, guests uh, that have or have had, um, but currently have Ring of Honor gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, you know, I just want to commend all of us tonight for that, right? I think that, like, self-control podcast, we deserve some shine, and as do you, Shane Taylor. But I think my question right now is, is more so about Ring of Honor and just staying here mm-hmm. for a minute. Um, you know, to a lot of people throughout the country and, you know, some people overseas, like Ring of Honor has, um, it has a certain like, uh, prestige, right? When we think about, um, all of the years past and just like the, you know, just that reputation it has, you dig what I'm saying? Sort of like that Mm -hmm. Rucker Park reputation that like Rucker Park has, like in street, not only in street basketball, but basketball globally. It's like a place everybody would like to visit, go see a game or possibly put some shots up at Rucker Park, right? Right. Um, so I think what I want to ask you is like, you know, when you were, you know, this professional wrestling, right, getting into the business mm-hmm. before getting to Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. um, was it a dream to be somewhere like Ring of Honor? And I think my like a, a, a two part to that question is like, once you got there and seen some of the challenges that were afoot do those things motivate you or do they deter you to kind of like walk out and not necessarily you as Shane Taylor, but just hear what you're saying about like other people. Um, but I guess my question is like, what is the duty? And I think I'm trying to even figure out some things like for myself, which is like some advice from you. Like what is the duty of like accepting the challenge um, at a place in which like, you know, a lot of people like had probably want to be, but then like as the company changes, you know, their opinion of that company changes and things like that. But like, I think it takes somebody like you to actually face his challenges and takes those on at like, as mm-hmm. if it's your honor. Um, but right. like, what is that? Like, just like facing those challenges and like moving ahead. Like, is, is that a positive experience? Or is that a negative experience? Like just for myself and for our listeners. Uh, to answer the first part of the qu- qu- of that question. Yes, it was a dream. Um, I remember sitting down in 2007, turning on the T on the TV, and the very first match of Ring of Honor that I saw was the Briscoes. I want to say it was it was against Jimmy Jacobs and somebody else, um, and just looking at that energy, the vibe, the crowd, and just how they moved, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is something different. Like I want to be able to be a part of this. Fast forward 2015, 2016, I signed there, and I, I, I still have that image in my head, right? So I'm, I'm still going off of that. Then you walk in and things aren't exactly the way you envision them to be. You know what I mean? So I remember meeting a few people and who I held in very high regard. And the first few times that I met them, they didn't even shake my hand. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh. Okay. All yeah. right. Bet. And mm-hmm. from that point on, that's stuff like that motivates me. Now, not everybody works this way, right? And this and my way of doing things, the things that make me tick, the things that get me going aren't for everybody. So to answer the second part of your question, 
it depends on the individual, right? Because some people aren't built to carry that fight. Some people just want to show up, do their job, go home, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But to me, that doesn't progress anything. You're just spinning your wheels then. Essentially, you're wasting time. Because for me, when I look at legacy and I look at how you're remembered, it's got to be bigger than what you do inside those four ropes. If your legacy stops with inside those four four ropes, I don't feel like you've achieved anything. You see what I'm saying? Like, think think of how many great basketball players there were that didn't win shit, right? They're still held in high regard, but there's a next echelon of player that you go, okay, there's a difference between Patrick Ewing, who was great, and Michael Jordan. There's a fucking huge difference, right? To me, legacy is achieving that Jordan, Kobe, LeBron level of not only performance inside the ring, but who you are outside the sport, who you, what you mean to people outside of these four ropes. Um, and in chasing that, it became very apparent that that was going to be a very uphill climb. Um, not only just because of the politics, but um, the the perception of what black athletes are, who we're supposed to be, how people want to market us, um, the sometimes refusal to just listen and understand what they have. Um, and then, of course, you deal with, you know, and that's that's just the, societal aspect of things then you get into the business aspect of things and the political wrestling side of things which is you've got guys here who are already on top they don't want to lose their spot they don't want to be second best they don't want to be shown up you've got guys who are willing to you know sell you out sell the culture out so sell out whoever they can to make sure they get their shine so you've got that and there's a very small pocket of individuals who you rally around and go, okay, we see this shit the same way. All right, if we all stick together, we can fight off the rest of these motherfuckers. You see what I'm saying? Um, and that's essentially what I kind of had there, not only with my guys, but people like the Briscoes, you know, guys like Silas Young, Beer, City Bruiser, Brian Malonis, you know, you, and, and there's plenty more. But you have this pocket of individuals who go, okay, this was supposed to be, and that prestige that you talked about, right? Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be punk rock. It's supposed to be the alternative. I think a lot of, I think Ring of Honor lost a lot of its way when they tried to be too corporate. I there, I, I have nothing against grow, growth and expansion. That's supposed to happen. But you can't do so at the cost of your soul. You can't do so at the cost of who you are supposed to be. Right. And once I feel like they lost that, they lost their way because then it stopped becoming that, you know, grimy, you know, punk rock, you know, kings of, of the underground vibe and became like a mini version of other shit. And it's like, that's not who we were ever supposed to be uh even with the ring of honor world championship you know the ring of honor world championship no matter who it was back then no matter the style no matter the 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 time period whoever had that championship was the baddest dude in the company you believed that even if brian danielson was on his pure shit you still believe regardless he's the baddest dude walking in this fucking company when samoa joe had it there was no question homicide punk when nigel morishima whoever had it they were the baddest dude walking in that company i can't say that the same holds true today you know once it became more of a political game once it became more of a well if we have this guy here this will help us work with these people and this will help us do this like cool you know what i'm saying but that that doesn't make him the guy that just makes him the placeholder that makes him the best politicker or the best ass kisser it doesn't make him the baddest dude in the company that to me is what the ring of honor world championship should be and should always be synonymous with being the number one guy not any not in just that company but in the world you know what i mean and who really is 
the baddest dude in the block. That should be who the champion is. Um, I believe that's who I am, you know, uh, and we're in a position now where, um, you know, now now that the real competition is sort of moved out of the way, we get to see who's left. You know what I mean? Mm, sure. Right. I like that. I like that shit for sure. I wanted to ask you this, Shane. Um, somebody tweeted it earlier today um, because you see, you know, um, we're talking about we're still, you know, we're talking about Ring of Honor. And, you know, Supercard of Honor is, um, is happening soon. And somebody asked, Dear Ring of Honor, where is Shane Taylor at? Mm-hmm. With the, the match between Gresham and Bandito. And it's just like, and when I read it, I was like, you're right. Where is Shane Taylor? Because, like, you're supposed to, like, I'm not even, I know I'm, you know, I'm a fan and everything. But seeing you perform and seeing how you move and everything and how important you are to the people, it's just like, you're supposed to be a part of this in some kind of way, you know. Like you, you're supposed you've you've paid your dues. You're supposed to be in this conversation, and it just kind of you know. And that's you know no diss to Gresham because Gresham is dope as fuck, you know. But I want to see Gresham against you. I want to see Gresham against Bandito against you in a, in a three way, whatever. It's just you know, I want to know how you feel. You know, when people you know ask those type of questions to um, you know, when they see. When they see stuff like that, uh, I believe that was Wilkins of the Jobber Tears podcast. So shout out to him uh, for for that. And yeah, um, <laughs> the last time this conversation was brought up, uh, I said that neither Ring of Honor nor Gresham want that fight. Uh, because essentially you're leading your golden goose, your golden goose to slaughter. They don't want that. Um, the following conversation and or uh, exchange of words led to me being blocked by the Ring of Honor World Champion on every social media platform. Um, so I don't think that there's going to be a situation in which we get Jonathan Gresham versus Shane Taylor. Although I would like to have that match because what I think it could be is essentially the best rivalry and the best feud in the last decade of wrestling. Yes, sir. Um, you have two fundamentally different people who lead different ways, who are at the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, there's no one way of leading is not better than the other. It's simply just di differences in how we go about it. My way is a little more aggressive. My way is a little more straight to the point. My way is a little scarier to some people. Um, By any means, man. Exactly. Right. And that sometimes you got to get scary. Sometimes you got to be in their face. Cause <laughs> exactly. That's the only anger. Get shit done. This, this go with the flow, be quiet, keep your head down. I, I, I won't speak unless spoken to bullshit doesn't work. It doesn't, it appeases some and continues to let the status quo continue because people feel as though others have been pacified. That is not how I operate. Um, my thing is, if you're going to tell people that you're trying to present the best wrestling on the planet, if you're going to tell people you are trying to find the very best and you are avoiding the very best, or you are purposely moving the, the very best out of the way to hopefully let those same fans who supported them kind of find a new person to support, then you're faking it. You're, 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 you're faking it. You're faking the funk. You're not really about what you say you're about. And for me, I hope Gresham wins. I really do. I know he's probably mad at me right now, but I don't give a damn. I hope he wins because I believe Gresham versus Shane Taylor could be a match that could be a story, could be a feud that 
could really put so many eyes on us, on, on the culture, on what we can be, on the stories that we can tell, um, and the build up, the, the the matches, the money that could be made. Think about this. Shane Taylor versus Jonathan Gresham. And, and this has been going on Twitter and, I, and, I, and I've seen it for weeks now. Think of Rumble in the Jungle, Thriller in Manila. You have the ability to have this take place in pro wrestling on this stage with two main event black men um, in an era where people are telling you this is what they want. Mm. We've never really had something like that as far as I can remember. There has never been a world champion and the number one contender also be that guy except for maybe Biggie and Bobby Lashley, but that just happened. Right. You see what I'm saying? And this, this story, this rivalry goes deeper. It, it's more personal than that one is. Um, and I believe what essentially you'd have, right, is Magneto versus Professor X playing out in professional wrestling for the entire world to see. Um that's something I'm I'm all about. The question is not if I want it, not if I want to make it happen, because I do. The question is, does Ring of Honor and Jonathan Gresham want it to happen? I don't think they do. Um, I think the office, I think when they look across and they see me, they see a problem. They see a very big problem that a lot of people either don't want to deal with or don't know how to deal with. Um, and again, to me, that only proves one thing, that you're not really fighting the best. Yeah. It's easy to sit there and call yourself a champion when you have hand-picked competition. It's easy to do that. You know what I mean? We see that all the time in boxing. You've got this star who's coming up. They give him person that he can beat after person that he can beat after person that he can beat. And then finally, he runs into someone he can't beat. Rocky three. <laughs> Rocky you know three. I mean? And shatter your whole fucking kill your rock. Right. Like shatter your whole belief system, right? Shatter everything that you were told to believe. Because for me, there is no safety net. There is no, you know, I built STP. STP is my thing. This this wasn't, you know, financed by the machine. This wasn't financed by, you know, uh anybody else but me like i've said people talk about bringing change to the sport state sponsored change is not change you are simply just a cog in the wheel mm. Mm. the machine cannot the machine will not change itself you can't be sponsored by supported by funded by the machine and talk about the change you're going to make it's bullshit thank you you know what i'm saying Change has to be organic. Change has to be uncomfortable. Change has to be forced. And when you are talking about that, no other group, no other talents exemplify that more than STP. And that's what I mean also by leadership has a cost because people know this. The problem now is they're not, well, they're not of the opinion that that's what they want to represent ring of honor when to me that's what ring of honor has always been mm. i feel you I, I... rito low so uh shane one thing that you know really stood out to me so a few years back i watched an interview where uh, and you could correct me if i'm wrong you had this quote where you said find your yes in you know the reason why you do everything now as mm -hmm. you're you know moving up in the ranks and you're you're up there and all that and you're representing the culture and with you being a former being a kid as a fan watching these guys wrestle and all that has there ever been a moment where you're like wow i'm really doing this like you see a, a kid that you see yourself in or like you know you see some change that you're like damn like i'm really out here doing it you know like especially with the ring of honor buddies and all that and the toys and the shirts and all that. I know that's the corporate side of things, but 
mm-hmm. as far as seeing like the kid at your side and or someone's parent pulling up to you like hey can i take a photo is there a moment where you basking and you're like wow i'm really here right now and you know does that motivate you or is that just like oh it's a part of the business um those are things that are always dope to me because i i i will forever say you know i'm i'm just a kid from cleveland you know what i mean like i'm not supposed to be here that's that's what that tweet was all was all about today you know i'm not supposed to be doing any of this i should already be dead you know what i mean like i should already be you know a statistic of some kind but yet here we are uh it's dope to have figures and uh buddies and and, and shirts and all that um i'm still used to accepting praise from people so a lot of it is still new and kind of awkward for me just because I, I, I don't see myself the way some people see me, right? And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just I, I only see myself as myself, right? But other people, when you're in the pub, like I can tend to um, look at you differently, but that's how you inspire. So it's a welcome thing. Uh, I think it really hits home for me when my dad calls, you know, this guy who's been, you know, uh, 20 year first class drill sergeant, sniper, special forces, motherfucker's been a superhero all around the world. He'll call me and be like, yo, I just saw this. What you're doing is so cool. You know what I'm saying? Moments like that to where now, like my dad's a huge fan of C.A.T. Fletcher, right? So are all the people that work on his truck with him. So to have me and my guys out there lifting with C.T., going nuts, yelling, screaming, cussing, they're all living through us and they're all in the truck like oh yo we saw your son with ct oh shit and he's calling me going yo you wouldn't believe what they were saying like for him to be able to enjoy what i'm doing like i was as a kid watching him do what he was doing that's that's where i really sit back and go man this life is fucking crazy that's like you know super, that's like some Superman shit. Uh, right. What, what, like, what do you say? The father, the, the the father becomes the son, the son becomes the father, some shit like right. that. Right. Like, like that's it's it's really crazy because for the longest time I was his son. Right. No matter where we went, we would run into his buddies, his his soldier friends, whoever, you know, people that knew him from the other side of the tracks when he was growing up doing wild shit. Like, I was always his son, and now at some point we've transitioned, and now he's my dad. You see what I'm saying? Right. So now it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like now I'm like, oh, you're, oh, you're Shane Taylor's dad. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, that's me. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, so that's 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 dope. So like times like 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 that, I'll I'll sit back with myself and just reflect, or I'll be talking to my boy Ray or or Keith, and we'll just sit back and be like, man, we shouldn't be here, man. But now that we're here, what a fucking ride it's been. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, so like the, those are the moments that really stand out. How was it working with CT, man? Like, I mean, I, I remember watching his his documentary on Netflix and just being like amazed at at this right. guy, and like and seeing y'all guys because I know like y'all get busy in the gym, and like right. and just seeing like seeing the pictures and everything, it was just like yo, like they really working with CT fucking Fletcher, like right, like how was that experience? Honestly, it was dope, man. Like, obviously, you're getting pushed, you know what I mean, uh, to your limit. But it really brought back that college vibe. It re- and, and for those who have never had the experience, sorry, I'm uh, plugging my phone in before it dies. Um, all good. Yeah, all good. For those who have never had that college experience of lifting in an atmosphere like that, your adrenaline is on 10 at all times. You're sitting there, you're you're pushing yourself as far as you can possibly go. The other people around you are doing the exact same. No one wants to be outdone. You're talking about the environment of all environments to push yourself and really bring that pride out of you, really bring that effort. And essentially that's what it was for the three hours, excuse me, for the three hours that we were there was that maxed at all times. You know what I mean? Uh, because you're not only there working with CT, so you don't want to let him down. You don't want to, 
give anything less than 200% because you're in here with a legend and his son, and he's taking the time out of his schedule. He could be doing anything else in the world, right? But he's here with us, right? So you 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 already are putting your all into that. But then you look around and you see your brothers to your right and left, and you want to go even harder because you know they're here with you, right? And then you have the competition and the rivalry aspect of it of a nobody in this bitch about to outwork me. You know what I'm saying? And me being the captain, that goes five times for me because I'm looking at O'Shea, he's jacked the fuck up. I'm looking at Ron, he's ready to go. Looking at Khan and Moses there. You know, I say all the time, they don't have to, um, they don't ever have to wake up and say to themselves, yo, how am I going to follow Shane, right? I have to wake up every single day and go, how am I going to lead them? You know what I'm saying? So for me, that's where my mind was that entire session. That's where my mind is every day. How do I best lead my men going forward? That starts with volunteering to be first every workout. Be the first one there. Be the last one to leave. If there's, if someone's got to go twice, I'll do it. You know what I mean? You take all of that responsibility on because when you are when it's your name, your brand, your face on the package, when you put that C on your chest, you need to represent and you need to be that leader. Mm. Um, this is my last question, man. Uh, Shane, you know, we, we've seen Khan and AEW Dark. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, we're seeing O'Shea about to, you know, go against Billy Dixon, you know, pretty soon in a month mm-hmm. or so. You know, um, we're seeing Moses more and more. Like, mm-hmm. What's like? What's next for STP? Like, what? What's next? I mean, I know y'all enjoying this time off right now, but right. um, what's next? The world, Chico, and everything <laughs> in it. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> again, there's, there's, it's, it's a, it's my strategy, and this is something I've talked to the guys about. You're, we're essentially in this sort of gold rush phase of professional wrestling now, and it, it'd be easy to jump on that gun and try to be a million places a million places at once for shock value but ultimately i feel like a lot of people that are doing that are going to do themselves a disservice in the long run so right now the name the name of the game is patience the name of the game is waiting for the right opportunity the right time and when all this dust settles and all the surprises stop and all of the you know, what have you done for me lately? Stop. And everybody surveys the scene and goes, okay, who's left? Who's next? Here we are. And we'll be able able to do and be exactly who we are, have the price that we want to have, and be able to continue to control what it is we do, who we are, and the narrative that we tell. And um, to me, I think that's that's the real goal. You know, what I mean, it's not just to go somewhere, but go to the right place, do it the right way, um, and be able to continue to build this legacy that we've been building. Man, that that but like I'm wearing the O'Shea um, hoodie right now, but I got like chills. He called me Chica. All oh my god! Like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I got one more. Um, listen, man, we share a mutual friend. You know, she is our sister. She uh she used to co-host self self control with this the homie the illustrious the beautiful Lola Blue mm. man how does she get down with STP? Um, she's an incredible asset. You know, uh, her her ideas bring a completely different perspective than ours. You know, we're we're used to seeing things from the performer side, uh, but being as big a fan as she is, she really brings. Um, new ideas, new uh, ways of looking at things. She brings a passion um, that is matched by damn near nobody. Uh, she really does strive and work fucking tirelessly to support uh, not only wrestling in general, not only independent wrestling, but especially black wrestling. Um, and, 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 and she really doesn't get the credit that she deserves for doing that. Um, and there's a lot of people uh, who should be paying her for the work that she does that don't, you know? So, um, but that's, that's grown folks business. You know what I mean? I'll let them sort all that out. But, um, she, she is an incredible asset to so many, uh, including us, you know, um, 
when we sit down and, and we have these meetings, uh, when, we, when we talk about the direction that we want to go, my ideas and my ideas aren't always the best ones, you know what I mean? Or not the, not the best ones, but not the ones that, that we go with. Right. Uh, because I believe to truly be a leader, you need to sit down, assess everybody's ideas, plans, and test shit out. Right. If someone truly thinks, Hey, yo, I think this is what we should do. Let, then let's try it. If it don't work, it don't work. You know what I'm saying? We'll come back. We'll try it again. We'll come back, do something else. You know what I mean? But you want everybody on on the team to be heard, you know, and and so for her to be a part of that team and be a part of what we're doing, be a part of this momentum and this uh, movement going forward is absolutely in, in, invaluable. Uh, and I can't thank her enough. And I appreciate all the people on Twitter who brought her to my attention. She's been nothing but help, you know, since she got on board. So uh, shouts out to her. Shouts out to merch. Uh, yeah, get uh, <laughs> lovely wasted beads. Get those. I believe she's just uh, announced today. She's doing uh, the, the detox lo- for locks. Yes, the, sir. The, the <laughs> detox bombs for locks. So if, right. if you got locks, if you want to get locks, if you're thinking about locks, grab those. Um, yeah, and just support her as much as you can. Yeah, man. She's she's been influential to us, man. Um, for for the time she was with us, you know, always, you know. Whether it's putting us in our place, you know, helping us, you know, see things from another perspective and just, you know, just great pep talks, you know, like, you know, she always tells me like, nah, just run your race, you know, you know, have put, you know, stick with the blinders on, you know, run your race, you know, nobody can do you like you. And like you said, man, she's invaluable, you know, to this culture, to black wrestling Twitter, you know, and definitely does not get a lot of the credit that she deserves, man. But yeah, I just wanted to talk to you about her right quick and, um, Lo. Rito, last words, anything? So uh, my my last thing is, you know, being, you know, in the world of professional wrestling, you know, like superheroes, there's that duality. Now, when you mm-hmm. get home and you see your kids, you, you turn that off, you turn into a big softy because you know that old saying, being, being a father is like having a mountain of marbles and every day it seems like your child takes one marble off the mountain. <laughs> uh, I try to to the best of my ability. And I, and I say that because when I leave the door, when, when I, when I go out into the world, I have to navigate through all the bullshit the world has to offer. Right. When I come home though, I still have to prepare my children for the world outside. So I can't just come home and be a big softie, even though I want to, because I'm still raising two black women that are going to go out into this world. I have to prepare them for that. Um, so at times, you can, you know, you 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 have to be that strong parent. At at times, you have to be the disciplinarian. At times, you have to be the bad guy. At times, you have to do things you necessarily don't want don't want to do. And some things that they don't understand because they're still children, right? They're still children in this child's world. But by the time they're ready to walk out that door and do their own thing, they'll understand. And so it's a balancing act of letting them be children enjoying this time but also being very aware that they're gonna have to move a little differently they're gonna have to move a little more carefully they're gonna have to move a little bit more deliberately than their friends do is it fair no life is not fair though this is something that you're just going to have to do um and i will give them every possible tool to be ready to do it but i will say coming home and opening that door and having them run to me, no matter how much pain I'm in, no matter what I'm feeling, no matter what I'm going through. Once you hear that, a lot of that goes away and you're kind of just in that moment of being back home uh, and being sort of, you know, safe in your castle. It it warms Jack Frost up. (laughs) Yeah. I I see what you did there. uh, (laughs) uh, Oh, Rito. (laughs) uh, Hey, Lo, what you got, man? Yeah, Shane, just real quick before we get out of here, uh, you know, have it be a touchdown uh, on this episode. Um, what's what's a what's a good college ball story, man? You got any good college ball stories? Yes, but none that I can tell that won't incriminate me or other people. 
Hmm. So, and, 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 that, and, and, that's, and that's a perfect answer for me. Please. <laughs> Yo, Shane, what, um, what are you listening to right now? If, you know, we, we, we talk about music on this podcast, so it, right. it would be remiss if we didn't ask you, you know, what are you listening to right now? What, or what do you listen to before you go out? Man, it depends on the kind of mood that I'm in, but usually, like this morning, I, I get up, Every day, five fifteen workouts in the gym, and it's DMX uh, until I'm done, right? Or it's Russ, or uh, Russ just wow. came across this dude, Luke Wild, uh, who I, I don't know if he's well known, but the shit he puts out is absolutely dope. Um, I actually started listening to Fifty Cent again too, like listen to. Uh, Still will kill with a- Akon. That's still banging. You know what I mean? Like, but stuff like that, especially the mindset that I'm in now, like I very much have this seek and destroy target on on your back mindset because I've got people scoped up, and e- even though they think they're ready, I know they're not. I know that there's doubt. I know that they're questioning if they really want to be in this spot, if they really deserve to be in this spot, what happens if they put that spot up on the line against me? I know it's there. So someone like me, once I smell blood in the water, that's your ass. You know what I mean? So um, right, right, right now, everything is dedicated to uh, making sure when I do decide to go somewhere, that everything is healed physically, mentally, emotionally, and I'm ready to go because when I step back on that stage or step back on your screen, wherever that is at a hundred percent, and it's going to be bad news for a lot of people. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yo, man, Shane, thank you so much, man, for coming to the control center. And you know, man, it's been a complete, like, I can't stop smiling. Like this is like this is dope to me. Like I like this is this is hard. Like this is one of one, man. Like for real. Thank you so much, man, for for joining us. And hopefully, you know, next time, you know, self control will be a part. Of, I'm, I'm putting this into the atmosphere. Self control is going to be a part of the STP media division. You know? Hey, <laughs> hey man. You know, nope. so so hey, I'm putting that out there. Next year, you know, it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But yeah, man, you know, like we always do at this time, you know, y'all know how you know how the quote goes, man. God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the call. That is Christine Kane. Yo, man, from us to you, good night, good luck, inshallah, peace and love, one yourself. Holla at your boys. We are here at the control center with Shane Taylor. Thank you so much. <laughs>